If you would, turn with me real quick. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. We started here last week. Been talking about how to love people in a broken world. Um, can we all agree we live in a broken world? Yeah, our world's pretty jacked up to kind of stay on the reference of Elizabeth and, and uh, changing tires. Um, pretty jacked up. Um, in the wrong way. The family that was cha- changing their tire in our parking lot, he, the, the guy didn't know where to put the jack, and he did not put the parking brake on. And our, that parking space is on an incline, so it was literally about to roll over on top of him. And uh, just a challenging situation, I said, please stop. Stop what you're doing and let me help you. And I've got this big, humongous rolling jack that I just took it off, done. I was done in five minutes. It was such a non-issue. But for someone that was going through something that they didn't know what to do, they were lost and they were going to hurt themselves. Uh, It's why we need the body. It's why we have the body of Christ is because if I can just share with you my story, one of you can say, don't do it like that. You're going to hurt yourself. Let me help you. And if we will allow that to happen, uh, I believe we're better for it. As we learned last week, let's just read real quick. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 17, and this is uh, paraphrased from the message. Live as free people, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Be servants of God. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. We've been looking at five different principles on how to love people in a broken world, looking at it from a standpoint of how Jesus loves us, how he loved, we, we learned this morning in Sunday school, how Jesus loved us even while we were sinners. Knowing what we are gave everything for us. The first principle we see from this scripture is dignity. Everybody say dignity. We learned last week that God gives dignity to everyone. We read that from Scripture last week. We learned that God created every person with dignity. You may say, yeah, but not my neighbor. Yeah, not my coworker. Yeah, definitely not my boss. Yeah, not my spouse. Yeah, yes, everyone was created, it says, with honor and glory. With honor and glory. We were created by God in His image. So go back and listen to that podcast. Number one, everyone God created with dignity. It says right here, if we go back, see if I can do this, treat everyone you meet with dignity. The way we treat people must change. This is for the body. This is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. This is instructions for you on how to be able to treat people and love people that seem unlovable. Start off, number one, by treating them with respect. They're deserving of it, even if you feel like they're not. Number two, we learned last week, the principle of diversity God intentionally created everyone unique. You are created like you are created on purpose. Your weird views, your weird ways of doing things, when the lights are off and you're home alone and you're doing your weird stuff, you were created like that for a purpose. Everybody's now thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what does he know? I don't know anything. (laughs) 
I've got my own issues. I, I, I was, uh, I, my, my dad, one of the things I, I loved the most that I inherited from my dad was a green egg. And it's an extra large green egg. And let me tell you, that thing's massive. It was one of the hardest things that we moved from his house to my house. It was so hard to move. But I've got it. And I had Rita just running a stopwatch for me because we were doing steaks and I had it really hot, seven, 600 degrees. And I said, just get ready. I get pretty intense during these last couple minutes. I'm sorry, I do. It's hot. I get excited. I'm using these expensive pieces of meat. We, get, we have a cow killed. Uh, we, we slaughter a cow once a year and we don't do fillets or New York strips all the time, but we're doing them tonight and just be ready. I'm just kind of saying, please accept me like I am because I'm probably not going to change in these next two minutes. We are created unique on purpose. God did not mess up when he made you. He created you that way on purpose for a purpose. And I asked you last week, is there strength in diversity? Yes, I am better because I have other people with me. I am lesser when I'm alone. I am strengthened by you. You are strengthened by me. I know it may not make sense, but sometimes I'll get around and I'll just make things take way longer than they should. Justin and I were trying to upload some uh, training video, training audio to uh, our website for training purposes for, for our teams. And I had to stop what we were doing, stop the process altogether because I wanted to come up with a faster process. But by the time I came up with the process, Justin was about done. But I said, you know, if we had a hundred of these to do, I would have benefited the team. Sometimes I make things longer than they should be. But my intention is to find a better way and to improve us and for us to be better and efficient and smarter and work smarter, not harder. I love that expression. I hate working harder. I love working smarter. But I am like I am. We are stronger because of our differences. So, number one, dignity. Number two, diversity. And you know what? With diversity... Somehow we are programmed to, to be to see th- to see color, to see differences, and to not like them. We see that you're different than me. What happens? We get uh, sensitive, we get defensive, and we start to put up walls between us because we're different. That's a no. You're stronger because you're different. It shouldn't threaten you because we're different. You know, babies do not, uh, babies have to learn racism. They don't know that coming out. We had to learn that. Let me tell you something with the diversity issues that we have in our life when it comes to our jobs, when it comes to our education, when it comes to our political views. Good Lord, political views. Stop. There will be no political views in heaven. I wasn't looking for that, but yay. Will you buy into that though? Or will you go and just tear people down to the ground because of your political view? Stop doing that. It's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to be different. Me and Justin do not agree on it. I almost said anything. On a lot. But I'm stronger because of his view. I have to come to him and say, explain to me your view here. Why do you see it like that? Because that's not the way that I see it. 
We're stronger because of that. But I want you to know, church, we have to unlearn this. We have to unlearn this problem with differences. Everybody say amen. Amen. Number three, third principle. And it's so funny because it came up with Brandon's story. It came up in Sunday school other than me is community. Everyone say community. Now remember, we're talking about principles for loving people in a broken world. Loving hurting people. Loving people that seem to be unloving. God never intended for us to do our stuff by ourselves. He never intended you to try to take on your entire world alone without the support of other people. He wants other people with diversified backgrounds in your life. We are made for community. I'm going to give you a couple verses. Ephesians chapter 3 says this. Let's look at this. Uh, Let me give you this phrase, though. We need each other, and we are better together. There is a cool song by Jack Johnson, Better Together. I highly recommend you listen to it while you're on the beach. And yeah, it's kind of, he's kind of beachy. Yeah, Jack Johnson. Okay. Ephesians chapter four, chapter three, verse four. In the past, no one knew God's secret plan. Now I want you to know God's got a plan. You may not know it. You may be learning it. God has a plan for the universe. But now the Holy Spirit has revealed it. And this is the plan. Here it is. Through the gospel. Okay, let's stop. What's the gospel? It's the good news about Jesus dying and rising again and paying the sin price for you, no matter what you've done, that what he did on the cross was not only to free you of sin, to give you the power over sin, but to redeem you from a fallen world. He's not satisfied with us being in a fallen world. So what did he do? He sent his son, paid the total price, and redeemed us from that. So here it is. Here's the plan. Through the gospel, everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone. Jews and non-Jews. Are you a Jew? Are you a non-Jew? Raise your hand if you're a Jew or a non-Jew. Some of you didn't raise your hands. (laughs) Raise your hand if you are or you aren't. Thanks. Something happens when you raise your hand. Something happens when you speak. Need to not just warm warm a pew. Do something. Pick a side. Jew or non Jew. Does it, is he talking to you? Okay, a couple of you. Everyone, both Jews and non-Jews, it's everybody, is now invited to be members together in the body of Christ and to share together God's promises. Now, I'm going to try to wrap up. I've got a couple more pages and... I'm a stickler. God made me this way on purpose, and I want to get done on time, and we've not got done in time in months. I don't know if that was a positive amen or a negative amen, but okay. It's confirming. Yes, you're right, Pastor. We've been late every single... Okay. But I want to tell you, this is completely sidetracked, and I can't help but share it, but I'm running, 
and I'm praying about what I'm speaking on. And this talking about the member, the member the, uh, that you're a member of the body and the, the finger and the hand and the, you know, all the different parts of the, the members of the body. And the word member could not get out of my head. And I know that we're in a day where, people, where, where churches are kind of um, dancing away from the membership. And I think it's wrong. Now, what we make into membership becomes political. I think that's wrong. What we do to kind of make things fit our mold so that our religion looks like what we're comfortable for doing. I hate that. This whole letters to the church is finding out what does God say for us to be doing as a church and do those things. Period. Denomination, I'm not talking about denomination. I'm talking about are we doing what God's calling us to do? And then when I look at members, you are a member of the body of Christ. And joining that membership isn't wrong, it's right. That doesn't preach well today. Today's generation wants zero commitment. Give me a Verizon plan where I could cancel it tomorrow. No two-year commitment. We used to have cable. We have to have these two-year commitments so you could have a deal. No one wants a commitment anymore. I want you to know God's plan requires commitment. This is not a sermon about trying to get you to join the church. It is a sermon about community and how we are. God tells us specifically that we have been joined to a body. Church, that body is this body. You are to be a member because you are vitally needed. I can't afford to not have any part of my body. My body is less when I'm missing any member of it, including <laughs> that hurts my feelings. <laughs> it really doesn't, but it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> Want my hair back. I've got the opposite of, I didn't hear that. I don't think I want to hear that. Um, I got the opposite of a mullet. Yeah. I think God doesn't like the mullet. That's why he's, no, I'm kidding. No, just kidding. Don't leave. God wants commitment. And he doesn't want a one-year or a two-year commitment or a one-month or a two-month commitment. He wants a life commitment. Now, I want you to know things change. We People move. Situations happen where you've got to leave and go, go move to another city and have another body. But for the most part... God expects you to commit to him, to his body, to his spirit, to his people for your benefit, for the church's benefit, for the benefit of his kingdom. God is all about community. Did I even finish the scripture? I didn't. We are invited to be members of the body of Christ and to share together God's promises. We share these stories is so that you can know what you're walking through. We are here and we've been through it. And if I've not been through it, someone next to me has. Someone here has been through what you're going through and is well equipped to help you right now. 
But it's going to take some effort for you to commit and to start to interact and to open up and share what's going on with you. You try to hold things in the dark, what does that do? It separates you. That's what sin does, is it tries to get you to go run in the corner and isolate yourself. And we talked about it this morning in Sunday school, and I wanted to bring it up, but I talked so much, I try to not talk all the time. I know it sounds like, that you don't want to talk all the time? I, no, I don't, I really don't. But when, we, when sin happens and we want to go isolate ourselves, not only do we shut off any help, but our mind goes nuts. Our mind will believe the stupidest things when we get ourselves alone. But when I open up and share what's going on in my heart, what happens? It gets exposed to light. Dark gets exposed to light and it can't stay. Something's going to change. That's what happens with freedom prayer is if the, if the lie can be exposed, it can't stay. We have a, we have a, a, a group that meets for freedom prayer that, that where we have these deep-rooted lies that we've believed in our life that are so filtering our, our, our relationships and our success and our progress that once that can kind of be, once it can get some light to it, I'm not letting that stay. Once I know something's there that doesn't need to be there, I won't rest until it's gone. Community. I can't do that on my own. I can't see that I've got something on my face. I can't see that I've got a seed in my teeth. By George, I've got someone that can. And she'll tell me. That's how God works. I could see this. I want to help you with this. Let me help you here. It says in Hebrews chapter chapter 2 verse 11. That God wants every tribe, every nation, Jesus and the people he makes. Jesus and the people he makes. He makes holy all Jesus and the people he makes holy. Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. (laughs) Could could y'all figure out? I can't read. Where does the pause come? Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. That's why he isn't ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Now, I'll pick up here next week. We are a family, as much a family as our blood family, because we have been born into this family. We have been born again, spiritually born again. And I want to tell you, it's this spiritual birth that's going to last, not our physical one. Even though we all think that we're so much closer, need to have so much more um, uh, intention toward our own family. And I'm not trying to say I'm not going to support and be there for my family. By George, I will. But my spiritual family is what's going to last, not the physical. But we drop our spiritual family in a heartbeat if, if somebody doesn't do something right. I, I don't even want to start that. I, I, all of a sudden, my mind will just start racing of the things that I've done wrong that really, in my opinion, didn't make it. It's certainly not kingdom issues. It's, it's whether I had on a pair of jeans one time. We changed our logo with a circle, and it looked like a political party had families leave. 
Like, are you kidding? I know you. We love y'all. Y'all love us. You've been here forever. Looks like that. Come on. Come on. This is family. You're my family. I've been here since I was uh, 25 years old. I don't know any other family except for First Baptist Cookville, and I still consider them family. That whole group that I'm still seeing come up and loves me, I love them, I can't look at it any different. It's family. I'm not going anywhere. It's family. I chose this church before I ever got hired by this church. God placed me here long before I ever became a, 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 an employee of the church. This is my family. We must look at church differently. We must commit. I, I'm going to stay on community one more time because I'm, I'm not quite done, but I want to encourage you. Grow this body. Invite people in. Give some ideas. Join in with what we're doing and give your opinions of what you want to do and how we want to fellowship together. I'm going to give you one word. Fellowship is how we nurture friendship. Fellowship is how we nurture friendship. I want you to know you're going to go where your friends are. When a friend invites you, you go. Why? Because friendship means so much. God made you to love each other. But fellowship is how we nurture friendship. So not only do we need to be taught in the, in the, in the church, learn the apostles' teaching, not only do we need to worship, not only do we need to take communion, but we need to fellowship and, and nurture our friendships so that I can hear what you're going through and so that I can know you. And know how, how you operate so that I'm not offended when I look at you and you look at me funny. You know, you ask me a question and I may respond a certain way. And because you don't know me, you take it the wrong way. And I do the same thing. That's what fellowship does is it helps us break down all that stuff and get to know each other. So I want to encourage you. Join in. Invite people. Let's grow this body. Let's grow and let's get to doing the things that God's wanting us to be doing. That's going to come out of you. That's not necessarily going to come out of me. That's going to come out of you. Because you're out in this world. You're out in this community. And you can have impact in areas that I can't have. Community. I'll end with this scripture. John 1, 1 John 3, 1. Beloved, what manner of love is this that we can become the sons of God? That's what you are. You are the sons and daughters of God. And your connection to that body is right here. Connect. Become a member. I don't just mean membership. I mean a member of the body that's functioning. Using the index finger. We're, we're missing you. And we need you. Connect. Be a part. God's going to bless you. My life changed when I started working in the sound booth. My whole direction changed. God changed everything. My family, everything. When I got plugged in back there. I did not see it coming. I didn't have to. God was at work. You, will you guys stand up with me and I'm going to pray for you.
want you to know I tried really hard on my time. Keep trying. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, that Lord, that we're diverse. Thank you, Lord, that we have dignity. And Lord, I thank you that you are for community. God, you want us to connect. You want us to join. You want us to join each other, serving one another. God, serving you, loving one another, opening up and getting some, getting some hope for the things that we're going through. Joining together and learning from your word, learning from testimonies, learning from your spirit. Father God, I just ask you according to your word and according to your heart that you would grow this body. Father, in not, not just in numbers, but Lord, in spirit and in fellowship and in relationship. But that you would grow us. We would be healthy. You would bless this church. God, for the things that we're facing this week in our jobs and our finances and our relationships with our kids, Father, I ask you for favor. Just like Elizabeth had a problem with a tire, she pulled into a place that there was help. That God, as we're having trouble, that when we pull in off the road, we find help. God, that's just favor. There's nothing else that we could call that but the favor of God. I speak favor over this body. Because, God, we are yours and you are watching out for us. Give us a great week this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a great week. Hey, thank you. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I can try for your heart our dreams and they are made out of real things like a shoebox of photographs with sepia tone loving love is the answer at least for most of the questions of my heart like why are we here and where do we go and knock on so hard it's not always easy and sometimes life can be deceiving i'll tell you one thing it's always better when we're together it's always better when we're together Yeah, we'll look at them stars when we're together Well, it's always better when we're together Yeah, it's always better when we're together find their way into my dreams tonight but i know that they'll be gone when the morning light sings or brings new things for tomorrow night you see that they'll be gone too too many things i have to do but if all of these dreams might find their way into my day-to-day scene i'd be under the impression i was somewhere in between with only two just me and you not so many things we got to do what places we got to be We'll sit beneath the mango tree now Yeah, it's always better when we're together mm, We're somewhere in between together Well, it's always better when we're together Yeah, it's always better when we're together